Kia ora. Welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems, and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. Because you deserve a business that doesn't feel like work, one that gives you energy and the resources to do what matters most to you. Whether it's figuring out where to spend your time, how to maximize your profitability, or streamlining your processes so things get done quickly and efficiently, my guests and I, we've got you covered. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewers, and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed some downtime between Christmas and New Year. Welcome back to the podcast, the very first episode for 2022. Can you believe it? I mean, I remember when the year, the century ticked over and it was the year 2000. We were struggling to work out how we were going to move from using 1999 to saying 2000 as the year. But here we are, 2022, we've worked out how to say it, and we are rolling right into 22 years into the new century. Crazy when you think about it. But here we are, first episode. So I do hope that you took some time, had a break, you're feeling recharged and ready to take on the new year. At the time that this episode is released, which is the 5th of January, I will still be enjoying my no work time. It's this time of the year that I shut down the computer, I take two weeks of uninterrupted leave and spend quality time with my family. It's a not negotiable two weeks minimum. Some years I take three weeks, one year I even had three weeks, came back for a week and then took another week off. It was heavenly. This week I'm just doing two weeks off, coming back to work on the 10th of January while easing myself in during that first week and some exciting things happening during that week too. So can't say too much right now, but watch this space for new things in the new year. Today's episode, I am chatting with Holly McHugh. Now, Holly just lives over in Sydney, Australia. She's a sales and messaging coach, and she helps entrepreneurs get paid what they deserve while doing what they love by helping them with their messaging, helping them attract their ideal customers through positioning crafting a unique message and using persuasive communication to really explain what they do. Holly explains this way better than I'm doing any kind of justice to her bio right now. So I'm going to leave it with Holly. Sit back, relax and enjoy this interview with Holly McHugh. Hey Holly, welcome to Business Your Way. 
Really lovely to have you here today and really looking forward to diving into our conversation and getting to touch on how important messaging is in our service-based business. Hey, Sandra, thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Let's let's kick off by having you introduce yourself, who you serve, what you do, and how you make your moolah. <laughs> sure. So I'm Holly McHugh. I'm a sales and messaging coach for service-based entrepreneurs. So in a nutshell, how I help my clients is I help them get laser focused on their positioning so they can really be seen as a must-have. I support them to master their messaging so they can communicate their value and really be seen as a no-brainer and um, ultimately help them to share their brilliance so they can create effortless sales without paid advertising. I love that. And how do you make your moolah? So how do you work with your clients? Do you do one-on-one or is it, how does that look like? I actually do a big mixture. So at the moment I work um, one-on-one. I have a 12-month long mastermind called the Inner Circle. I do some group programs. So I've actually just kicked off a six-week uh, visibility boot camp for the first time ever, which was actually requested by <laughs> my clients. So we're piloting that, which is awesome. And most recently, I did a three-day uh, live event as well. So it's a real mix, actually, and um, which is really cool, really fun, because I love both being able to go really deep and, and have that personalization in the one-on-one uh, partnerships, but I also absolutely love to kind of share and teach and train in a group environment as well. It's what I've done for many, many, many years. So I have a wonderful balance. Nice. So how long have you been in business? So I've been in business since approximately 2014, 2015 originally just one day a week around my corporate role and then in 2018 I had my first daughter and I went on maternity leave and I never went back to corporate and today I'm approximately three days a week so very much part-time around my one and three-year-old. Oh great you've got two kids now. I do, I do. Popped out another one. (laughs) That'll keep you busy for sure. Yes, they do. I I jokingly say, although not so jokingly, that I run my business one-handed because it's very true. (laughs) Um, So yes, uh, try to kind of find that, strike that balance of being able to have something just for myself, but also obviously be there for the moments that matter with them. Yeah, that's so important, I think anyway. And I love that you've created your business around your family. That's so nice to hear. And working three days a week, what do those three days look like? Yeah, it's a really eclectic mix. So, and sometimes it's a mix of both worlds, actually. So um, a Monday, for example, I am actually in my office, but Monday morning is the music lesson for my one-year-old. So I, I will kind of sit at my desk and do a few things, get sort of planning for the week. Monday morning is the time I really love to kind of plan ahead for what I'm actually looking to achieve and what my priorities are. And then at 10 a.m., I'm taking my one-year-old to her music lesson <laughs> and we're banging drums and shaking tambourines uh, with other little toddlers and babies. And then I'm back. Uh, to my desk and then yeah it's just a big mix of you know obviously delivering coaching and mentoring to my clients themselves so that could look like anything from you know supporting them with uh, messaging for a launch it could look like getting clarity around their niche and their positioning their personal branding we might be auditing their sales page we might be um, helping them to create content or pitching to get media exposure um, and then, yes, yeah, so when I'm not actually delivering for my clients, I'm also 
creating content for my own business and for myself, which I absolutely love to do. So as I said, a big eclectic mix. And then throughout the week, there's also toddler play groups and <laughs> baking and all kinds of random things. Uh, so it, it, it's no day is the same, to be honest. Yeah. And I can imagine that being a mum and trying to juggle business and kids. It- that's just how it is and that's how you design your day so it's no longer a nine to five it's an hour here and two hours there and yeah the the day is I like how you put that an eclectic mix exactly right (laughs) so did you did you start out doing one-on-one you know so when you 214 215 when you were still in corporate role and doing some you know some things in your own business. What did that initially look like for you before you moved into those group programs or did you start there first? Yeah, so um, just a kind of bit of background context. So my whole kind of business career has been in brand strategy and marketing. So when I started my business, it was a crazy time to start a business, to be honest. I just moved from London to Sydney to the other side of the world. I had no networks (laughs) <laughs> no real clue uh, what I was doing, but I was, I just recently qualified as a coach and I was so passionate about supporting other people with what I had learned and what had truly been life-changing for me. And I tried to get work as a learning and development uh, manager, but because my CV said marketing, no one cared. And it was literally impossible to kind of get paid employment in that space. So my only option was to start my own business. So I negotiated a part-time role where I had actually the best of both worlds because I was a senior marketer at a Fortune 500 company working on multi-million dollar brand campaigns and then also exploring uh, how I could take this further with my coaching. And so what that looked like initially, because I only had one day a week, was absolutely right. I had to kind of go deeper initially. So I did prioritize one-on-one clients, but I also did a lot of training in corporations. So I was delivering workshops Uh, for the likes of government organizations, for um, corporates, for um, even schools, where I was just kind of really getting a sense of what did I enjoy? Because I really love, as I said, both that deep dive personally one-on-one with someone, but I also absolutely love to support and train and teach in a group environment as well. I, I absolutely love the dynamic of that. So I was doing a big mix of both, but that was fantastic really because It allowed me to really understand my clients at a deeper level. And it also allowed me to, you know, hit some pretty decent financial milestones very early on because I was focusing more on kind of higher ticket offers. Yes. And so you've made the move from government corporate over to the service provider, the the individual who is owning their own business, forging their own way in the world. Is that a move you've made or are you still doing a bit of both? Yes, it was It was really interesting because basically I had this period of time where I was three days per week in my corporate nine to five and eventually two days per week in my business because I managed to negotiate a job share scenario where I, uh, I could kind of balance the two because my coaching business was growing. But the crazy part of that was I wasn't really telling people that I was doing both for a long time. So my coaching clients didn't know that I also worked in a nine-to-five and my nine-to-five colleagues, like the vast majority of them had no idea I had this side hustle business. I think a lot of them thought I already had kids before I did. And I, I was just in this silly phase where I thought it was going to look less credible if people knew that I did both. 
But actually the moment that I shared this with someone, they were literally gobsmacked. They're like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? How did you make that happen? And I started realizing that so many people wanted this too. So many people wanted the best of both and they wanted to know, how do I start a side hustle around my nine to five? How do I you know, take these thoughts I have uh, swirling in my head around starting a business and actually follow that path through? And so I started transitioning from supporting people in the kind of corporate space and kind of the working professional women looking to find a more purposeful career path, which is where my niche started, to then kind of bridging this gap where I was kind of straddling both, where I had some clients in the corporate space and some clients in the entrepreneurship space. And then once I went and had my daughter and I knew I wasn't going to go back to corporate and I was kind of fully focused on my own business, that's where it just really made sense to shift wholeheartedly uh, into just service-based entrepreneurs because that's what I was and that's what I was doing and living and breathing. And it was a lot more flexible and manageable because all of that work was online, whereas a lot of the training I had been doing for corporate organizations and schools and, and uh, government, that was obviously a, a lot in person. And that just really wasn't feasible with a brand new baby. So I decided to yeah, go all in on the entrepreneurship side and then most recently in the last two years, I decided to laser focus down again into very specifically sales and messaging coach. So I decided to shift away from kind of the broader space of business coaching um, and career coaching and really uh, hone down on my zone of brilliance in a much more powerful way. And my business has literally taken off since I did that. Oh, that's incredible. How did you know that that was the right time for you? And of all of the things that you could have done, um, because I'm sure that you've done many things in your corporate career, you know, that, that you could have gone down a different path. But how did you know sales and messaging was the thing for you? It's a really, it's an awesome question, Sandra. And actually, no one's really ever asked me that before. And it was definitely a, a journey, for sure. So, I mean, as I mentioned, my whole business background has been in marketing and brand strategy. So I have lived and breathed everything to do with, you know, new product innovation and development, consumer insights, marketing campaigns, media. So I have very much been in that space of, you know, how do we position a brand so that people fall in love with it? And how do we launch it so that, you know, people go crazy over it and build loyalty around it and ensure people are aware of it. So I kind of really, that's been my bread and butter. But I also have an English degree. So oh. <laughs> growing up, I used to write nonstop. I love writing. I love words. My degree was actually in English and French. So there, it was pretty much all literature and essays. And I know that's some people's worst nightmares, especially my husband's. But that was my absolute <laughs> best thing about university was that I got to write. So I've always had a love of words. And then with the marketing, I guess it's just all come full circle. And the most incredible thing is I literally get to do all the things that light me up because I love presenting, I love coaching, I love mentoring, but I love, as I said, the detail. I love getting into the nuts and bolts of the messaging, the copy, the words with my clients. And I guess that the biggest interesting shift for me was allowing myself to call myself a sales coach. I actually had a lot of resistance towards that for a quite a period of time. And although that's ultimately what I wanted to help people with, I wanted to help people communicate their value in a way that others understood and, you know, had them lining up asking, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I need. How do I work with you? Which is ultimately what, you know, mastering your message allows you to do in a really simple, powerful, fun way. But I had a lot of resistance. And I think we've all, um, and certainly in the online business world, had pretty rubbish, awkward, icky, pushy 
experiences with sales. And I didn't want to associate myself with that side of it. So it was a really interesting journey. And where I struck a very happy balance that felt good for me was deciding that I'm not just a sales coach. I'm so much more than that because for me, effortless sales can only happen when you have mastered your message and your positioning and all the things that kind of underlie that. Like the sale is actually the very final part and people are only ever going to buy from you when they first bought into you. And that's where all of the branding comes in, right? All of your communication, you know, saying what it is that you do, really creating that connection with your audience through your content marketing. That's where the sale actually happens. You know, the, the final pitch or sales conversation is really just crossing the T's and dotting the I's. So the sales and messaging, that felt good. And then really just allowing myself to own that space of authentic selling and allowing myself as well to stand apart from the pushy hard sell tactics that I absolutely do not subscribe to and do not enjoy. So yeah, long answer to a short question, but it was definitely an evolution. It was definitely a journey. But ironically, it's just allowed me to come full circle with everything that I love to do in terms of my passions, but also my experience. So it just makes so much sense. Oh, that makes perfect sense. And I love what you just said about that people have to buy into you before they buy from you. That's such a good way of putting it. And you know, having an English degree and words being your thing, I mean, that just all sounds like it's fallen into place. What did you have to do to really dig into that? What kind of work did you have to do internally to dig into this is where I want to go? Because you could have been the sales coach, you could have been the copywriter, you could have been the PR person, you know, so you could have been a whole lot of things with the background that you have and the brands that you've worked for. What kind of internal work did you have to do to get to where you are now? It was actually, it's interesting because I had been circling around it for a really long time before I finally committed to it. And I think Mm -hmm. one of the things that was holding me back was so much of my work is actually mindset. And I was worried that if I called myself a sales coach, I was really not fully reflecting what I'm all about in that title. And, you know, I just feel like there's just so much more to it. But the thing that really, I guess, allowed me the clarity for myself to own that, it was the realization that I've kind of known all along, but it just then finally struck the most powerful chord for myself was to remember that in the very essence of selling is we need to sell people what they want and then we deliver them what we know they need because people are buying what they want and half the time they don't know what they need to get there so if i just talked about myself as you know as, as from the mindset perspective i wouldn't be attracting the same clients i am today who are actively seeking a solution around their selling and also how to communicate what it is they do <laughs> in a way that really does attract their ideal clients. That's what they want. That's what they want help with. But I feel very assured now having done this internal work and also definitely um, had the support of external mentors, you know, the kind of eyes outside of my own head (laughs) perspective and soundboard to realize that I still get to do all the other things too. So 
exactly like you said, I could have been all these millions of different things, but actually I'm doing all those millions of different things. But the way that I describe myself means I'm meeting my clients exactly where they are at in this moment. And that makes it easy for them to say yes to me, but I'm still supporting them very holistically with the copy, right? With the personal branding, uh, with the content, uh, definitely with the mindset. I mean, most people come to me saying, oh, you know, I'm stuck around clarity around my niche or, you know, around how to say this or describe this. And a lot of the time it's, they do know, (laughs) but they're afraid to commit to it. They're afraid to own it. They're afraid to say it and declare it. So, so much of what I do is mindset as with everything, but yeah, meeting people where they're at in terms of what they're actively searching for. That was the thing that just crystallized it all for me. That is such a good way to frame it. I hadn't thought about that before. I've heard that saying around, you know, sell them what they want, but actually you need to give them what they need when they begin to work with you. So I've heard that over and over and over, but actually niching down is not so much about that's the only thing that you're doing. It's just meeting the client where they're at with what they think they need, how you serve them is so much more holistically. And I think that's definitely where I've been struggling of recent is trying to not be put in a box. Like that's my least favorite thing is trying to be put me in a box and I'll just fight you all day, every day. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I want to serve in a holistic way, but now I'm getting closer to, all right, these are the people that I want to serve and this is what they need. Yeah, it's, it's such a common thing. Like I have so many people resist niching for that mm-hmm. exact reason, Sandra. They don't want to feel like they're boxed in. They don't want to feel like they're only ever going to do one thing or for one group of people. But really what this is doing is having that clarity is it's not only making it easy for the right people to find you, to know that you're for them, for them to say yes to you, mm-hmm. but it is also having that self-assurance and, you know, just that inner knowing that I still get to support them in the way that I know is going to help them get the very best results. It's just, they don't yet know <laughs> what that pathway looks like. And that's why they're looking for help and support because that's not their zone of brilliance necessarily, you know, it's yours or it's mine so you know that's ultimately the crux of it all and the other piece that I always love to share about niching as well is you can have more than one avatar within your niche and I feel like this is the moment which is just like hallelujah for the most majority of people because I think a lot of people like oh I just don't want to always work with this group of people till kingdom come well you don't have to Right. So within my niche, I'm a sales and messaging coach for service based entrepreneurs, but I have an avatar that are startups and I have an avatar that are more established entrepreneurs and they need and want different things because they're at different stages of the journey. So there is always flexibility, but you know, there's real liberation and freedom and power with clarity and with being specific and ultimately it's specificity that sells every time if you're trying to be too broad you ultimately end up being too generic and it's just not that easy slam dunk yes for someone in response to you because they they think you might be able to support them they're not really sure but when you're absolutely meeting them where they're at speaking their language speaking to who they are and who they associate themselves with then it just it is that no-brainer and that is ultimately the response we're trying to create here knowing that you still have limitless amounts of flexibility with how exactly you serve those clients within that context. That was so beautifully said. 
So beautifully <laughs> said. I want to kind of dive into your business coaching certification. And there is like, there's a lot out in this online world that we're, that we're navigating at the moment that is all about people taking the area of speciality and yeah. then helping others with those skills that they have, but not necessarily holding any kind of formal coaching qualification. What made you take that route of business coaching qualification certification? Well, the honest truth is I didn't know I was going to have a business when I first studied coaching. <laughs> so the the long and short of it is my entire personal development journey was sparked from a quarter life crisis that I had working in London uh, in a big corporate and just as a recovering perfectionist, very much struggling to kind of keep up with the pace and, you know, falling into comparison traps and feeling a constant sense of anxiety that I was going to be found to be a fraud. I didn't really know what I was doing, like all those things. That's kind of a bit of a rite of passage. And the, the kind of way I got out of that and moved through that was through personal development. So that started with mindfulness and meditation, you know, group classes that led me on this amazing journey of discovering all these incredible um, life-changing books. Then I studied NLP because I recognized my mindset really needed support. And that was absolutely a game changer for me. Like I just finally realized that I could get to choose what I think about this or that or myself and revelation. So that really allowed me to break a lot of patterns. And then I got this enormous desire to share what I had learned with other people, but I didn't really have a structure or a way to know how to do that. I was totally clueless. And that's where coaching gave me a framework. So that is literally the journey I went on. It was very much a personal one and then a desire to support and help others. I didn't even know in what capacity. I just knew I wanted to share it at that moment. And then it wasn't until the end of my certification that I was like, okay, I want to really do this more intentionally. And as I said, it was only when basically I wasn't allowed to get a job in HR because my CV said marketing that I was like, okay, well, my only option here is to start my own business. So I came at this a, a, perhaps a very different way to other people. And then since moving to Australia, I also was a mentor for a life coaching academy. Um, so I was teaching the ICF curriculum, the International Coach Federation mm -hmm. curriculum, which is the only internationally recognized coaching qualification. So, yeah, I had, I, you know, I definitely am a big advocate of having the right skill set to support people with and yes it's an unregulated industry so it doesn't mean you have to follow that particular path mm -hmm. but I know that I have a lot of substance behind what I share and what I teach not just with my you know coaching qualification but also with my business background and it still took me ages to call myself any kind of a business coach because I still wanted to first <laughs> prove that I had a business that was profitable and successful and you know, systems and frameworks that were repeatable before I kind of dared call myself that. And then it took me even longer to call myself, as I said, the sales coach. So I guess it really comes down to what you value, what's important to you, you know, your confidence as well in terms of what you do and how you deliver it to other people. But yeah, I mean, I, I am a big advocate of having, you know, the credentials and the qualifications that support you to do the, the best work that you can do in the world. But I also think it's not just a piece of paper that makes you a successful or powerful uh, coach or mentor. And uh, there's so much more to it than just that. Yeah, I agree with you totally. 
So when people coming into your programs, there is a lot of mindset and how we frame our internal voice when it comes to our messaging that we're putting out into the world. How much of your program is working on that mindset and the reframing of the internal voice for the clients that you're working with? They'll come to you for the how-to, but is there a lot of work that you're doing with them to move the way that they're thinking about what they do? Yeah, and and certainly from the sales perspective, the messaging Mm. is one thing, really, you know, allowing themselves to own their brilliance as a go-to, first and foremost, Um, you know, daring to be seen as an authority and as an expert, there's a lot of shit, for want of a better word, that comes up to the surface when people suddenly start associating themselves with those terms and, and those labels. And they worry, you know, if this is where all the imposter syndrome really comes to the surface and comes to the forefront. You know, who am I to call myself an expert? Who am I to call myself a go-to? So there's definitely a lot we kind of work through with that. But then also with the sales full stop, because again, as I said before, all of us have been burnt at some level or another at some stage or another by a bad sales experience and being on the receiving end of it most likely. I mean, I get daily DMs that are just shockers and I just cannot believe that people <laughs> operate this way or that it's even successful for anyone to operate that way. But, you know, we've, we've all been on the receiving end and we are so determined that we are not going to be associated with that that what a lot of people end up doing is not selling at all because they're afraid of how they're going to be perceived. Um, They're worried about coming across as aggressive or pushy, um, you know, or making other people feel icky about the experience. And ironically, they then just end up doing nothing and kind of completely holding themselves back and not even telling people what it is they do or how they can help. So it's really breaking down the barriers around that. It's a massive part of my work because until we truly understand that it's not actually about us. It's about the people that we know we can help with the things that come effortlessly and easily and naturally to us that do not come easily and effortlessly and naturally to the people we're looking to help. You know, as soon as we recognize it's not about us, it's about them, Mm -hmm. everything changes because then it becomes, you know, a sense of duty to ensure that we're making it easy for people to find us and making it easy for people to get to the support and the solutions that they crave that would make an amazing, incredible, beneficial impact in their lives, in their work, their health, relationships, whatever it is that you focus on. Who are we, the question should be, to deny them that? So that is one of the biggest reframes, I think, that's super powerful and essential to doing this work as a service-based entrepreneur. Oh, and I see that in myself as well. You know, all of those things come up all of the time. You know, who am I to be doing this? Despite, you know, that I've got years of experience and it comes effortlessly and, you know, it would be beneficial for others, regardless of you could have all of the experience in the world. That doesn't mean that that internal voice gets any quieter unless you do the work to change the frame of that inner voice. I agree. And I think especially as women, you know, we're really called to help other people. You know, we're nurturers Mm. by default. We want to, you know, I don't want other people struggling with things that I know I could help them with. I don't want people to feel alone or isolated or like it's their fault or that they're not good enough. Like that, that would keep me awake at night, you know? And so I think, we need to tune into that, right? The mm-hmm. Whether it's the mama bear instincts or, um, you know, just uh, 
what it means to be a woman that empowers others, um, you know, if you serve women as well in particular, but really recognize that when someone else is relying on us, dependent on us, we find it within ourselves, right, to go the extra mile. We want to contribute. We want to serve. We want to help. So fire up that part of your instincts in your work because this is about the other people. It's not actually about you in that sense. And I think that can can be a really good mindset shift to support people to kind of navigate these triggers when they come up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so now I'm intrigued. Of all of the markets that you could have chosen, you chose service providers. Yes. What made you hone in on the service provider instead of maybe e-commerce or because, you know, working at Procter & Gamble and Unilever, they were product-based companies. So you could have (laughs) gone down the track of working with e-commerce providers um, quite easily given your background. So why the service provider? Yeah, it's a great question. Well, a number of reasons. Firstly, because I think coaching, personal development, you know, NLP, everything in my journey that has had such a profound and lasting impact, you know, that made such a difference for me. I know the value of sharing a service that can literally change someone's life. I have clients who are pregnancy loss coaches, who are baby sleep consultants, who are child allergy specialists. You know, they are changing people's lives every single day with their work. And that's what excites me is what lights me up all day, every day is the thought of, you know, having that impact on someone, because this is not just about working with one person. This is the ripple effect that's created when you work with that one person. You know, so when we support someone to be the best version of themselves, where they feel liberated or confident or, you know, able to move forward, where they feel capable and powerful and ready to make decisions, then their energy shifts. And that means the energy that they put out to those closest to them is shifting and the impact on those people, you know, is felt and is real and so on and so forth. I mean, I had a client who I supported her to set up a not-for-profit for women who had, you know, basically escaped domestic abuse and violence and uh, were rebuilding their lives. And, you know, the thought of me holding myself back or not doing this particular work And knowing the impact that she is now having on women and children all over Australia by being able to get the clarity on what her path was in entrepreneurship, because she came to me just having recently got her, you know, life coaching qualification and she had notes scribbled down and post-it notes, her own words. And she was like, I don't know what to do now. (laughs) And, you know, we've together, we've worked out what made sense in terms of her own experience and background, her passion, her calling And this is the work she's doing today. And I just think there's nothing more amazing than that. So, you know, whilst technically my background is in product-based marketing, really, when we think about marketing in its true sense, it's about creating a brand that stands for something in the hearts and minds of others. And that's really what it's all about at Procter & Gamble and Unilever, because you only get to have global multi-million dollar and billion dollar brands when you go beyond the product, right? And you actually Mm. are tapping into the experience you're creating for someone. That's why we all have nostalgia around childhood brands, you know, 
talk about the likes of Disney or, you know, whatever it might be that just triggers something positive in you from the memories that you associate with that brand. That's the experience we've created. And it's the same for the service-based businesses as well. We're creating an experience that can have a lifelong ripple effect and impact. And I just couldn't imagine doing any other work. And I have so much variety with the types of service-based entrepreneurs I work with as well. And it just, it literally gives me goosebumps. So yeah, that that's why I've honed in here. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And the experience You've hit the nail on the head as far as what where what I think. I've been in the event business in the business event space for a long time now, and my key focus all of the time is we're not just there to put speakers on stage; we're there to create an experience that yeah. changes the hearts and minds of people that to attend. Because if your event is going to make an impact, you have to touch their hearts and change their minds in order for them to move move out of that room at the end of the event and do something different. Love it. Exactly right. So I'm, I'm with you all the way in we're creating brands that create an experience for everyone that we work with. And as service providers, it's, it's all about what is the experience that you're providing the client when they work with you? So beside you know, getting your brilliance and getting the how-tos and how you can help them, actually, what is the experience from the moment that they come in contact with you to the moment that you finish working with them? What is that entire experience? It, it isn't just, hello, here's your thing, here's how to do it oh good now you can do it all right talk to you soon you know (laughs) yeah absolutely and I have a lot of clients say like comment on how you know they love being a part of my communities because they don't feel like just another statistic right and we never want someone to just feel like a number in your program Mm. Um, but also the experience for me goes beyond even when we finish with each other because I really I see this as a a lifelong partnership and friendship like I I'm constantly following up with past clients how are you going now and what's new and and what are you up to because I care and you know when we go the extra mile like that as well that's also where clients will often come back again and again and again you know they might go away for a little while put some things into practice you know and and then you know they'll join programs again so I I, yeah, I've had clients who have been repeat clients for actually, actually years. Um, mm. So it, we've got to remember that above everything, it, it's a relationship. Um, yeah. When we focus on the relationship, only then uh, can we deliver the best possible experience and can anyone get the best possible results. And we've got to remember as well that, you know, the sale is not just, it's not just about, you know, ticking the box and, mm. and having the transaction. That's the very beginning of the work. Mm. Um, you know, that's not, oh, yay, I, I made a sale. But okay, the, now the real work begins because your results are your clients' results and vice versa. You know, this is very much a two-way street when it comes to you becoming successful in your own right as the expert. That can only happen when you're supporting others to achieve success too. So, um, yeah, that, that's a very important mindset as well. Yeah, I agree. When you do well, everyone else does well, you know, and when you help others do well, you do well. It's exactly it's reciprocal. Yeah. And it will come back tenfold. Love it. So beautiful. <laughs> Just one more question before we start to wind up and finish up for today. But I want to also know what it's like behind the scenes in your business around how many people that you have supporting you in your business. What does that look like? 
Yeah. So I've had someone support me from the very beginning because I was, I've always been so time poor in my business. And I recognized very early on that it didn't make sense for me to be doing things that other people could be doing. So right at the very beginning, that literally looked like having someone support with like graphics or tech for literally just two to four hours a week. Um, And then over time I've built that up. So today I have someone I call my right hand woman (laughs) and she's my assistant uh, so I have her, but then I also have a social media manager. I have, oh, so there'd be, I guess there'd be five people who are kind of supporting me in my business from the back end, from the tech side, from the setup side, from the client service and admin side, from the graphics creation and, you know, launch uh, execution side. But if I'm thinking about my team full stop, then that definitely also includes the people who I, you know, connect with in terms of my own mentorship and my own mindset. And, you know, the work is never done there, right? And every mm-hmm. time that we evolve and grow and expand in our business is a new level, new devil, right? And there's, there's new things that come up that we have to kind of work through and heal. So I also have a spiritual mentor and I have my own coach as well. And they are for, for sure a part of that wider team for me. Oh, I love that, how you think about team, not just people who are helping you get things done in your business, but the people that are supporting you in your journey. Yeah, and I'd actually go even one step further because what just I just realized is you know, the other people that allow me to work in my zone of brilliance more intentionally, more consistently, more wholeheartedly is also the fact that I have a beautiful nanny who cares for my children and allows me to not even worry about that. You know, it's just not a thought. I I trust her and I know my daughter is having a wonderful day with her. And I also have a cleanup because, you know, again, that's just freeing up mental, physical, emotional energy um, that I could actually be spending elsewhere, which is helping me grow and expand my business. So in terms of the the widest sense of a team, it also Mm. includes those people for sure. Yeah. And, and those people are just as important Absolutely. In the scheme of things, as we design our business around our life, support doesn't look like just my PA or just my social media manager or someone who's creating my graphics. It's taking the mental load off the other things that we have in our life when we are working mums. So I love that you brought that in and mentioned that as well. That's so yeah, good. I couldn't agree more. And we really have to consider, you know, what actually allows you to do more in your best way and it's not always directly as you say direct Mm. business support um but what what support can you also get around the home yeah i mean i couldn't have you know had my business and brought up my kids doing it alone i had a lot of family support and that was so i was so grateful that i had that family support and i realized that not everyone has that luxury to have a family around them to help them bring up their kids and allow you to be that working mum it, it's such a it's such a hard road but yeah. when you have the right amount of the support it can be so much more enjoyable I couldn't agree more. Unfortunately, my family are on the other side of the world. So mm. I haven't had the family support networks that I would have loved to have during this time. But yeah, and that's and that is the case for a lot of people, especially with COVID. I mean, my 15-month-old yes. has never even met my own parents, which is heartbreaking um, mm-hmm. and hopefully going to change very soon. But, you know, we have to take the support where we can and we have to not be afraid to ask for it. And be creative around what it looks like. I mean, another thing that I do, for example, is we actually have home delivered meals, you know, so it's one less thing I have to think about. So, 
yeah, I definitely encourage women to just ask for help and support and see what can you outsource that lightens the load for you. Uh, yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. I'm all about the meals. What do I call <laughs> The meal bags, the meal boxes, the like I really wish I'd discovered those or even if they, they probably hadn't been around when my kids were younger. Um, so I had to do all the meal prep and the meal planning and the supermarket trips and all of that. But now my kids are older, but I'm still like, I'm all about the meal prep bags, like deliver me hello fresh for three meals a night. And I am <laughs> happy Sammy, less trips to the supermarket. <laughs> we have so many options these days. That's the thing. We, we need to take advantage. Yeah, we really do. Holly, it's been such a pleasure talking to you today. This I've enjoyed diving behind the scenes of your business, but also talking about our inner voice and how that really plays into what we do as our business and how we travel our journey as mothers, as business owners, and all of the roles that we play in our life. And they are many. So just a huge thank you for you for being here today. If people want to reach out with you, connect with you, where do you hang out the most? Sure. Um, I typically am on Facebook. So you can find me at Holly McHugh Coaching. I also have a Facebook community called Empowered Entrepreneurs Connect and Inspire, where I'm always sharing lots of hints and tips and resources and what's working for me behind the scenes. And I'm also on Instagram at Holly McHugh. Perfect. I will put all of those in the show notes. Well, I won't, but my team will. (laughs) I'm outsourcing that part. (laughs) Yes, I'm outsourcing that part to some beautiful people who will do it. They do a far more wonderful job than I would ever do. So I will get them to do that for us. But thanks so much for being here, Holly. I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing to foster our relationship because we've only recently come in contact with one another. Um, I love what you're doing. Love your messaging. So yeah, we will continue to stay in contact and build our relationship. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for hosting me, Sandra. It's been wonderful. Thank you for joining us today. I really do hope that you enjoyed seeing how Holly took her side hustle from like a part-time gig while running her corporate job to now running her own business around her family on just three days a week. And she has a very successful business at that. I'll put the link to Holly's free gift into the show notes so you can access that from either within your podcast app where you're listening right now or they are also available on my website along with a full blog post if you like to read a good story. You can find that at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast 15 and that's the number 15. But before you carry on with your day, If you really enjoyed today's episode, make sure that you hit subscribe and get episodes as soon as they are released. If, like me, you listen in the Apple Podcast app, then I'd really appreciate if you could rate the show and leave me a quick review. It would mean the world to me if we are able to spread the word about this podcast and get others taking a look behind these amazing business people who are sharing the behind the scenes of what's going on in their business. This is not something that you get anywhere else. Not often on other podcasts do people peel back and really tell you what's going on. I can't tell you how many guests 
that I have interviewed that have said to me, wow, you ask questions that nobody has ever asked me. So I know that we've got some real gems on the podcast. I mean, I'm only up to episode 15 and this is exactly the feedback I am getting from my guests. So leave me a quick review rate the show and this is how we can spread the word and get more people into listening to this podcast. If you're not listening on the Apple Podcast app, then simply take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. Make sure that you tag me, I'm sandrajulian.co. I'd love to hear your feedback and any takeaways that you have from either this episode or literally any other episode. I am so keen to connect with you over there. Alrighty, my friend, go and enjoy the rest of your day. Hopefully you are still on holiday and I will be back here next week with another amazing guest.